Fathom is getting out of her depth, and there isn't a lifeline in sight. He's a gentleman with a very private eye. Love chick. But don't bother to fathom it out. But let the thrills wash over you. Just remember, Fathom is a girl who can shake a man up or down. The boat is anchored round the next point. You think he'll take the bait? You're too modest, Fathom, love. He'll bite on you. This is... It Happened One Year. A look back... At the events, big and small. Famed and forgotten. From the year... 1967. Hey, everybody. Hi. Welcome to the show. We're doing it once again. We are. For the second time this weekend, we're this, recording. This for a huge weekend for the show. So proud of us. The Ahoy heads are beside themselves. <laughs> once they know, anyway, they'll be sure. beside themselves. Once oh, wait, they see are, there continue to be episodes coming out. Are we the only Ahoy heads? I think so. Just <laughs> about. Yeah. It happened one year, 1967. <laughs> Here we are. Uh, is, we're talking about the 60s still. Yeah, we sure are. And this is, I don't know, episode eight, nine, Six? Oh. seven. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, they've been, be, we've released them actually more or less in the order we've recorded them, unlike yeah. season one where we, they were all over, oh, the place. all over the place. Yeah. Uh, for the most part, that's true. We sat on the Elvis episode a little bit to get right. it timed up with the movie, but um, that's it. And that's the only movie episode we've done so far. We've done a lot of strange stories and weird stuff, minor events. Sometimes Joe will refer to an episode of the 1967 season and be like, oh, you know, the blank episode. And I'll be like, I don't know what you mean. I mentioned Winnicani so many times <laughs> before it came out. And every time you were like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> it's a great episode, though. I thought it was gold. gold. Totally worked. Yeah. <laughs> so this time uh, we're again going to try to swerve into something maybe people know about. I Maybe not. But... <laughs> What I realized is as we're going along, 1994, you had OJ mm -hmm. and you had Pulp Fiction and you had, you know, big things, you know, Friends and yep. Forrest Gump and all kinds of speed. Yep. yep. But 1967, while there was popular stuff, and we've mentioned the Beatles sure. on the show. <laughs> Have you um, heard of them? <laughs> we haven't covered much of anything that anybody is familiar yeah. with. And I think the listens are bearing that out. Yeah. And honestly, I can't say that that's not going to continue today. Well, I feel like the Elvis episode is our only movie episode so far. Yeah. I mean, really, we've only as a TV episode, the only thing we really did was our world, which yeah. is something completely forgotten. Yeah. And so that's not and that's again, that was like a documentary more or less. Yep. Not regular TV. Yeah. And then. You know, we we did hair, but we haven't done a lot in the yeah. in the culture, right? So you think at all movies, 1967. 1967 is actually a pretty good year for movies. You know, you got yeah. the graduate, you got Bonnie and Clyde, yeah. big thing. So there's a lot of opportunity for what we could be doing right here today. And we're not talking about any of those. Absolutely not. We were <laughs> flipping through the the TV the one day, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago. Yep. And we saw a description of a movie that was basically just a bikini skydiver. Uh, gets embroiled in a search for something from the Ming Dynasty. And we're like, what can that possibly be? Gotta and it just that happened movie. to come out in 1967. Yep. That's where we were. So that's where we landed yeah. on today. And, and Joe records a lot of crazy movies on the DVR 
none of which I ever watched. So this is the maybe the first one. I think also sitting on our DVR right now, if you've chosen not to watch it yet, is something called The Flim Flam Man. <laughs> and so I enjoy perusing our DVR where I'm like, what is this nonsense? Anybody who's a big fan of the movies TV network like myself <laughs> would know <laughs> the great George C. Scott film, The Flim Flam Man. Get the uh, fuck out of here. George C. Scott was not in a movie called The Flim Flam Man. He is the, he is the Flim Flam Man. <laughs> He's the star of the film. He thought he was the Flim Flam Man. <laughs> that's George that's, C. Scott. What, what was going on in George C. Scott's life that he was like, you know what? The Flim Flam Man. That sounds like a vehicle for me. I'm going to go ahead and say that Brosif had some gambling debts. <laughs> he had to pay off some guys. Yeah. <laughs> Look, no disrespect to the Flim Flam Man, but, it, but no. <laughs> Look, at this episode is not about the Flim Flam Man, but... No. Flim Flam Man's a solid movie, and mostly just because George C. Scott's in it. Sure, yeah. yeah. Slim Pickens is in it, so there are, is yeah. actually a scene with George C. Scott and Slim Pickens who both star in Doctor Strangelove, but have no scenes together in Doctor Strangelove, yeah. so it's kind of a fun thing. Um, but yeah, by and large, Sue Lyons in it, Flim Flam Man. If you see that it's on Movies TV Network, set the DVR. <laughs> it's okay, probably like can... a 3 a.m. on a Wednesday, you know. But can you talk a little bit about Movies TV Network? <laughs> We don't have time to get into what a big no. fan I am of the movies TV. There's absolutely no way. Okay, I'll tell it then. Because there's no way we're getting out of this episode without talking about movies TV network. So there are a lot of terrible channel. You know, we have cable, we have Comcast. And so you get 17,000 channels. I don't know. Not anymore. But like you get a lot of nonsense movies channels. And there's a movies channel that's just called movies exclamation point TV networks. Like that's the name of it. So Joe follows it on facebook for reasons and because i'm telling the story you're in my version of it for reasons unknown he just felt like it was an important thing for him to like movies tv network on facebook and then he started commenting on their posts and he would just write awesome exclamation point and he became labeled as a top fan of this terrible channel movies tv network and then and because like Facebook knows we're married, whenever Joe does anything, it shows up on my feed like at the top. And so every time he would comment awesome exclamation point on a post of theirs, it would show up on my news feed. And it made me laugh so hard every single time because he's just on Facebook and they're like, you're going to get to see Donna Reed and da, 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 from the 1957. And Joe's like awesome exclamation point. And movies, whoever runs the movies TV network account was like, this guy is our top fan. And so we got the little label that's a top fan yep. it's the greatest thing of all time oh. that's true i'm you know what? i'm not even going to answer any questions around that <laughs> that's that's just what it is just believe it or not but the movies tv network has a lot of great programming and weirdly every like once a week now it has a marathon of the thin man movies like every week i don't know why <laughs> Boots, are they paying you if they're not paying you you need to stop talking about them because i want to get some sweet cash from the movies i'm TV just saying they're sponsored usually by people who sell sunglasses and I think maybe, I don't know, grills. It's a weird, it's a very Americana yeah, type channel. for it's, sure. It's, it's aimed at 80-year-olds and yeah. those are the movies that are And Joe. And me. And, that's, and again, I'm not going to explain, I don't need to explain myself to you people. I'm not going to tell you why, but I did. I liked them on Facebook. I don't like anything on Facebook. I don't, I don't even go on Facebook. That's the best part of this is Joe is never on Facebook. And so the only thing he ever shows up on my feed is having posted it's something on his commenting on the movies TV network. It's the, it's the greatest thing. Back to our bikini skydiving okay. yes. Ming Dynasty film. Yes. The was, movie was... we've chosen to cover after the three Elvis movies, which is the only other movies we've covered, yep. is a movie I had never heard of and uh, don't know how I ever really would have run across. 
Yeah. Because I'm not a huge Raquel Welsh fan. Uh, is this movie called Fathom? Yep. That which I, I thought. I mean, she's again the po- so again just walking you through the whole process here. We saw that this was a movie. We read the yep. description, thought it was funny. The poster is just her in a bikini, and that's it. And I figured Fathom. It's probably called Fathom because she's a I don't know she's a skydiver, but maybe you know, yeah, buried treasure. There's they're gonna be need to be underwater. Yeah. None of that is the case. No. No. Why, her name why is, is this movie called Fathom? It's because it's her name. Her name is Fathom. Her, and her birth name is Fathom. Birth name her is Fathom. first name. And and for the first like hour of the movie, every time anyone addresses her, they they ask, uh, "How did you get the name Fathom?" And she makes some sort of joke every time yeah. to the point that later in the movie, someone g- learns her name and she says, please don't ask me why. Because they've done it so many times that every time we're like, oh my God, like yeah. let it rest. It was very she, dull. She would say things like, I, the only one I remember is it's short for Stephanie, which I thought was a pretty funny joke actually. Yeah. But there were other uh, there were other things she said in response. That yeah, were, one like, was like her, her father wanted a boy who was, seven, who was six feet tall. Yes. They say they had the name picked out, which yeah, is kind of crazy. Yeah, because Fathom, I guess, is six feet. Yeah. yeah. So that was that. But yeah, her yeah. name is Fathom. Uh, in the little bit of post-research I managed to do, in the credits it does mention that this is based on a book. But even that's not exactly accurate. So the guy who wrote the book was a guy named Larry Forrester, and he wrote a book called A Girl Named Fathom. Oh. It came out in 1967. This movie is not based on that book, but it is based on that character. Larry Forrester wrote a follow-up book called Fathom Heaven Sent, which is what this movie is based on, but that book was never published. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> so, Wait, did the you said the first book came out in 1967 too? That can't be right. Is that's it? what I have as the publication date. The, the girl named Fathom was in 67. So I think the thing was, this movie wasn't like, the book was such a huge success, we gotta make a movie out of, otherwise they would have made a movie out of the book that exists. Yeah. Not like a random draft that he wrote for the sequel. It sounds to me that this was just in this a. It's in the middle of the craze of we're making sixty spy movies. Like yep. it's it's all of these movies were derivative of James Bond movies. The Matt Helm movies are all everything's like this, right? And just they tend to be funny, right? Twentieth yeah. Century Fox has a couple movies like this that came out in nineteen sixty seven. So hmm. they were really on the let's get yeah. like a movie star, have them play a, a spy, and it'll be kind of funny. There's a a Doris Day movie that came out called Caprice which is also a spy movie, and uh, Andrea Drom's film, Come Spy With Me, also <laughs> 1967. Oh, that's terrible. When that's I realized terrible. those movies existed, I was like, maybe we should have done like an Elvis-style episode, watched yeah. all three of these movies, but I just, in a quick search, they're real hard to find. So yeah. if we get or if we can find Come Spy With Me on the movie's TV network, sometime there are listings <laughs> on Facebook, maybe then we'll do it. But, uh, oh my God. but yeah, it seems like there's a couple th- reasons why they made yeah. this movie... There's a real popular comic strip, at least it was popular in the day, and it still exists, I think, and it's called Modesty Blaze, mm-hmm. which is a, it's a British comic strip. Yeah. And this movie was at least partly financed by, like, British film. It came out yeah. under 20th Century Fox, but, but Modesty Blaze was this popular female spy character, and, like, I think they were kind of trying to piggyback onto that a little bit with all of these movies at this time. Yeah partnering with the idea that how, how big a hit James Bond was everywhere yeah. by 67 you're you're only four or five movies into the Bond thing so yeah but that's what I get the impression so even though the, the first book came out in 67 and this movie doesn't strike me as something that was overly complicated to film the movie came out later in the year but I'm guessing it was all part of the same yeah the same run of product you know so is this like a Lord of the Rings stitch where the writer is just like you know what just 
use the story. It's fine. And I'll finish the book later. A Game like, of Thrones thing? The Game of Thrones, yes, sorry. Game of Thrones yeah. Uh Yeah, just don't. Yeah. Oh, because I guess Tolkien was dead by the time they were making those movies. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. All those books were written. They were finished. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's probably at least part of it. Because that plot. So just to get into Fathom, again, what they've described basically is the plot. She's weirdly a skydiver. She's also yeah. a dental hygienist. Yes. And she gets roped into this, this intrigue over this missing item yeah. that they keep describe they keep calling the fire dragon yes and but what also, the fire dragon is changes over the course of the movie it does but i would also like to take umbrage with the first part of the description of the movie she's not a bikini skydiver she never skydives in a bikini no like, not, not that all. i was looking for that in particular but like that is a it's an impressive feat because i assume you get cut all to hell by the wind and debris i don't know i've never been skydiving yeah. but i i can't imagine that's a comfortable thing and just things flopping around you're up you're Raquel Welch like you got stuff it's moving around like I can't imagine that that is pleasant um and so uh that is an inaccurate she does wear a bikini but she's not a bikini skydiver no descriptor I couldn't find if like this was in a this isn't like a tagline for the movie this wasn't on the original poster but yeah 1967 Raquel Welch from what I could figure out is also very early in the whole Raquel Welch thing like she was a big movie star for a little bit of time really but she couldn't really act not really. I mean, she was okay, but she was mostly, she was a movie star because she was pretty. That's basically pretty. it. Yeah. Right. And so 67, this comes right after she had done Fantastic Voyage and she did One Million Years BC, which are her big, you know, breakout mm-hmm. movies. And then they're like, well, let's start getting her in stuff. So they put yeah. her in this. And yeah, so I think they just have to keep mentioning bikinis when it comes to Raquel Welsh would be my guess. Yeah. Even though like she she kind of holds her own. Like Fathom isn't a character who just completely falls apart and <laughs> is just constantly abused, right? I thought you were going to evaluate what she looked like in a bikini and I was going to no. have to leave. Like, oh, <laughs> but no, you're right. Her acting was fine. Like it was fine. She wasn't yeah. bad. Like she was notably yeah. bad. Um, they did do, I mean, look, it's a 1967. So it's a pretty sexist film. This is the shape of a girl called Fathom. You like the layout? Feast your eyes on Fathom. Raquel, 39, 22, 33, Welsh. When she slips on her bikini, clips on her grenade earrings, and sets out in search of adventure, things really happen. There was one point where she sky dove and then was talking to people and they unzipped her her suit whatever that you wear to to jump and there was nothing underneath it like come on well they wanted to see if she was uh if she was hiding any weapons yeah the the weapons they found were not the weapons they were looking for no no what she should have been hiding under there is sports bra come on (laughs) some garments might have helped (laughs) yeah even though weirdly she changes costumes every two minutes in this movie constantly and she keeps losing all of her luggage so i don't understand where (laughs) this clothes these clothes are coming from (laughs) How is she in new clothes again? Where did yeah. you get those from? Can you actually describe the plot of this movie? Because oh, I realize I it's complicated. Like, it's a weirdly yeah. complicated movie. Yeah. And actually, I think that makes it better. Like, it is it is a, a genuine mystery in that I could not track who is the good guy and who is the bad guy. But mm-hmm. she gets like, so she's skydiving as part of, I don't a hobby in some competition in Spain. She's on vacation. <laughs> um, she's away from her, the dentist chair for a little while. Right. Um, the dental hygienist chair. And so she gets she gets contacted and half kidnapped by these two guys who say they work for the government and they are like seeking um, the what was it called? The golden dragon, the fire dragon, the fire dragon. Thank you. Which they say is a detonator for a a nitrogen bomb and N bomb and bomb uh, an H bomb. 
H bomb. Letter bomb. That got lost or got stolen or something. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Well, it had fallen into the into the ocean, but I thought they had recovered the bomb, but they the detonator is still gone. And so, if someone found the detonator that got lost in the ocean, then they could technically explode explode the bomb no matter where it is. Yeah. So she's gonna parachute into this villa where these two people who they also think are trying to find the detonator are and like plant a bug on them. So she parachutes in. Uh, this is probably too much detail about, about the plot, but she. <laughs> so I'm going to try and keep this because also I was trying. I, I meant high level. There's a lot of plot in this movie. <laughs> so scene two, she parachutes in. <laughs> but but it was very. There was one point where I said to Joe, "I've been thinking about other things, so I've not been paying attention. So my understanding of the plot's going to get going to decrease as we go through this. But I will try and I will try and bring it up a level. Anyway, she meets these people. They might be looking for the detonator. They might not. And what they do is they really confuse you with like who is the who is a good person and who is a bad person. Um, and so they like they convince her that the people who recruited her are the bad people looking for the detonator and they're actually looking for the detonator. At one point, we find out that the detonator is actually Jules. It's not a detonator at all. She meets a third guy who's looking for it. I don't remember how she meets him, but there's another guy who's also looking for it. And, and you don't know if any of the three of these people. Oh, and then there's the guy with the monocle. <laughs> See, this is where I stopped paying attention. There's the guy with Wait, the who's monocle. The four, who's the third guy if it's not the guy with the monocle? Great question. Oh, I'm thinking of. <laughs> I was thinking that the 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 Chinese lady ugh, and the and her her partner were two different people, but they're not. Oh, so Meriwether. Meriwether. Meriwether and Joe. They're the two who who are at the villa when at she first villa. parachutes in. Yeah, and she's just then come from meeting with those military guys. Military guys. Yeah. Right. And um, then let, let's get the name of the guy in the monocle because he is like the most yeah. important person in this whole movie. I was um, just going to, I can't remember the, mil- while well, you look for that, I can't remember the military guy's name. So we, can we just call him Cumberbatch for short? Like sure. just a shorthand? Just, yep. Cumberbatch, that's not his name, but we'll call him Cumberbatch. Uh, Serapkin. Serapkin. Yeah, that's the guy with the monocle on the boat. She goes to the boat to get, I believe, the detonator or to the get detonator. the, right. Yeah. But it's there maybe that she learns that it's not a detonator at all. You blew past that as though that's just but that's like the key to the plot, right? Like the, everything keeps changing. It's like you, she never knows who the good guy or yeah. the bad guy is. She doesn't know what the fire dragon is. Nope. And it just keeps going and keeps turning around. Yeah. No, the guy who told her it wasn't a detonator was in the car. Oh, Mike. Mike. I forgot about Mike. Who is Mike? Mike's the guy who. I thought Mike was Meriwether, honestly. No, Mike was the guy who stole the fire dragon and hid it in the water. Remember, he hid it under the water. And oh, he right. takes and her he, out to get it. And he dies at some point. Right. He was yes. only trying to kill her with a harpoon, and then he dies. And she seems sad about it, but he was trying to kill her. So I don't really get that. Yeah, I forgot about Mike because he's not there at the end. But yeah, the, he's technically, he was a bartender that she meets. <laughs> and then he, mm-hmm. and so he seems like nobody at first. And then he's caught up in the plot. This actually doesn't matter. And this is way too complicated. But like, <laughs> so Mike's this bartender. He's involved. Serapkin yeah. is this like Russian guy. Yep. He's a foreigner who's on this boat. He's got yeah. a monocle and like a goofy beard. Oh, yeah. Um, it's great. And then Meriwether. And this is, I mean, it's this convoluted plot. Yeah. Is basically to try to find this MacGuffin thing, this fire dragon thing. But basically, they're all looking for these jewels. It keeps moving. It keeps getting hidden. It keeps showing up, showing up in other places. But it is really impressive in that you never really know. Even like there's a twist at the end where I thought like we knew who was good and who was bad. And then you and then it changes like it it was actually pretty well done in that way, I thought. Yeah, it's not at least it's intriguing. At least it's not just dull. It's not boring. No, but it is so convoluted that it gets you get to the impression that like 
either it doesn't matter who did it or who's good or bad or that they <laughs> didn't really know like that they were just kind of yeah. making it up as they went along because it's not like there's neat parts of it that knit together or anything oh no it, no no it doesn't have that right no no and characters do things wildly out of place, like the things oh. that don't make sense. There's people who just die and random crimes that oh, get no. committed that like just totally. nobody cares about. And it's strange. It's a strange way to build a movie, yeah. but you know, at least it feels like there's a momentum. Like there is something that's like totally going as this is happening. It's also got maybe the best scene I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> Uh, when they're chasing her through the town. This is mostly set in Spain. We th we actually thought it was completely set in Malaga, but they keep referring to the fact that they need to go to Malaga. Malaga or they left Malaga, and we were like, weren't they in Malaga? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, they're chasing her through some sort some Spanish city, and they she gets caught in a bullfighting ring, and she's like down in the ring, and then she's trying to get out, and she opens the door, and there's a bull there. So for like 15 minutes, the no, bull chases no. her. It was for it was a long time. Yeah. It was a really long time. The bull chases her, and she just keeps running into the wall. Someone will talk to her like over the over the edge of the like they're all up in the seats. Someone will talk to her and like not help her, and then she'll run to another wall, and the bull's just t chasing her. And then it cuts to a guy in a red dress and a wig <laughs> running <laughs> from the bull because it's clearly not for Kel Welch, but like running from the bull. And then at one point, the bull kind of gets him, not like real bad, but kind of gets him. And yeah, and like it's it's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's very well done. And I imagine on not a high def television when you can't tell that it's clearly not Raquel Welch. It's clearly a dude in a wig running yeah. <laughs> from this bull. Um, it is it's phenomenal. It's yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, it's a crazy sequence, and, and it is, like, punctuated by all of these, like, not jokes exactly, but these weird, like, asides that people yes. keep throwing down to her, like, you know. She's like, t she's like, oh, that was where she was talking, that's how the next scene is where Mike explains to her, or whoever, Meriwether, someone explains to her that it's not a detonator, because that's the first time that you discover that she's talking about H-bombs, and they're like, why are you talking about H-bombs? Because oh, they all right. know it's jewels, but she doesn't, but she's running from a bull and she's yeah. like what about the detonator it's amazing <laughs> but that's the thing like if it was filmed as a, in a real comedy way where she's getting chased by a fake bull and it's yeah. clearly raquel welsh but it keeps cutting to these scenes of a real bull knocking down the stunt double repeatedly yes. and you're like oh they're like she's gonna die like yes. you know but yeah the movie has these long sequences like that like the bullfighting sequence does goes on way too long it's not 15 yeah. minutes long but it's long. long long because there's also a weird boat chase sequence mm. where the boats are just chasing each other but they're and they keep crossing paths but they're clearly not going to crash into each other yeah. because everybody will die on the boat and then that'll be yeah. it and then at the end there's a very long plane yeah. like these two little cessna planes flying in a, a chase manner yeah now, they are shooting at each other which seems odd because he's trying to rescue raquel welsh and shooting into the plane where she <laughs> yeah. is seems like a bad idea so like that's also this kind of long slightly boring yeah. sequence but there's but, also yeah, it's, like, the... it's actiony you know right it's, it's very actually there's also the scene where Mike, like, they're on, okay, two things. One, Raquel Welch has has the best departing lines of, of any, like, movie I've ever heard. There was one point where she had just finished being with the, who was it? It was Meriwether and, and the lady in the villa, where, we didn't even talk about this, but there's a dead body there, and they yeah. have to go, like, dump the dead it body It doesn't over even matter. Ravine. It doesn't matter. Yeah. We have to go dump the dead body over a ravine and then she's going to go to a town and he's going to go back to the villa and that's the plan. And she goes, well, it's been gruesome. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> Just checks out. <laughs> and leaves. And then uh, what is it that she, okay. So she's, she's on, on the, the boat, boat with Mike. With Mike. And she discovers that, oh, and Mike dives down and, and gets the, the heart of the ocean or whatever it is. <laughs> The fire dragon. Yeah. <laughs> and and she is like, oh my God, this is the fire dragon. Why does she jump off the boat? Because he's threatening her. He she's she had the harpoon. 
Yeah. And then he's threatening her, and her choice is to jump off and try to swim away. Swim away, yeah. But what in a lighthearted she... way. What does she say when she... <laughs> she says, see you in jail, and she jumps oh. in the water. <laughs> That's right. But like, That's right. Then the next five minutes are him shooting harpoons at her. Like yes. for another long extended sequence that you're like, how is this going to resolve? Yeah. It's like he loads up the harpoon and like boats after her and then tries to shoot her at point blank rage and misses somehow. Yeah. Um, and every time she does, she like comes up and dives down. So you get to see her butts. Yeah. And then she dives down into the ocean and yeah. uh, and the harpoon misses her. But he must shoot at her six times. Like, At least it just yeah. goes on forever. And right. I mean, I think the thing with that scene is that it is the butts then have a purpose because otherwise it's just Raquel <laughs> Welsh in a bikini and it seems kind of too much. It seems salacious and pointless, but at least in that point, she's swimming, swimming, and then she needs to get lower. So they have this butt scene yes. and then it's like a nice look at that butt scene. And that's but what I the, think the people were there for. They saw the poster. It's the same shot every time she does. Yeah, but you know, that's what the, that's what the, that's putting, putting asses in the seats. So no I mean, my guess is that's why it's as long as it is because it's pointless like it oh just yeah on. yeah just so yeah. many butts so who's your favorite character in this movie i mean serapkin's oh. great so serapkin was the is that the older yeah. russian guy maybe yeah who is perpetually cold <laughs> yeah he's cold all the time his his body temperature is 10 degrees below normal and so he always has to be sitting by a heater or he wears a bathrobe all the time like yeah. he's cold all the time and again like this is set in like spain it's yeah. hot at one point <laughs> they show the reading and it says that it's 110 degrees yeah and he's wearing a bathrobe and at this point and gloves and at this point they don't explain mm -hmm. what this is and then you find out he has this weird condition but raquel yeah. Walsh should be dying of sweat at this point should be right yeah. and she's even wearing a shirt like it doesn't make sense like she has a bikini yeah. on him with like a shirt over it yeah it doesn't make a ton of sense but Serapkin's great. He's got a weird little monocle. He does. I do like, I like the monocle. I like his beard. Yeah. I don't know that any of the characters are that interesting or dynamic to like have a favorite. Yeah. So I guess I would say it's Raquel Welch just because she's got all the great lines. She's sure. got to run from that bull. Sure. And uh, yeah, I just, she, she can fly a plane. You didn't even know she can fly a plane. And then she says that the guy at the end saved her life, but he didn't save her life. That guy didn't she do flew anything. that plane herself. Yeah. Meriwether actively is trying to kill her, whether he's, intentionally yeah. doing it or not he's just shooting into that plane totally because the other guys have kidnapped her at this point and he yeah. he shoots one of them who you don't realize dies until he says some weird final line and then keels oh, yeah. over i think what happens is his blood splatters on the fire dragon and he and it makes it look like the fire dragon is laughing at him and he's like i see you you're laughing at me and then he dies, <laughs> he dies. it's so weird it's, it's so weird, weird. yeah yeah. But then in that case, she then has to learn how to fly the plane, which she very quickly does. And then yeah. starts doing like loop to de loops. Yes. It's and egregious. It's just ridiculous. But yeah. yeah. But no, Meriwether's the only other actor of note in this movie. I mean, okay, Clive Revel plays Serapkin, and he he did have a career. He did he was in other things. But yeah. Meriwether's played by uh, Tony Franciosa, who played had a weird kind of tough guy career. Yeah. And he's fine. He doesn't bring anything <laughs> special. I think Joe is pretty fun. That that the Asian woman whose voice is clearly oh. dubbed. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, she has nothing to do. She's just kind of there. But she is there at the end, which I think is fun when. Yes. Uh, oh, yes. To give away all of Fathom. Yeah. Uh, Raquel Welsh, uh, Fathom is not interested in hanging on to this bauble that's killed all these people. So she throws it out the window and it lands on a cake right in yes. front of Joe. And it just like this is like a great moment. Yeah. Like, oh, Wonderful. boy. She did it. We thought she was going to throw it out the plane and kill somebody. We were excited <laughs> yeah, about that. Yeah, she shoots an old lady earlier in the movie. Yeah. And then later finds out that the gun had blanks because this was all part of some elaborate scheme that makes no sense. Yep. And then that old lady is sitting at that table. So we thought it would be funny as if this yes. falls out and murders that lady again. Yeah. 
that please is, tell me that she actually does end up killing that lady yeah that is not where this goes uh, so so this might be interesting to find out i was something i read up because remember as we were looking through the opening credits i was like oh some of these names were familiar yeah. in the production crew but i couldn't figure out who they were yeah so this movie was directed by a guy by the name of leslie martinson and it was written by lorenzo semple now most people aren't going to know who those people are but no. some people right now are going to recognize this is the creative team that brought us the batman movie in 1966. <gasps> and so now knowing that i'm like well that actually makes a lot more sense with what's going on in fathom yes because fathom is very outrageous and goofy yes. at a lot of points and batman 66 is goofy so i knew I like i had recognized lorenzo semple's name and i was like i know that guy from somewhere but i couldn't yeah. i didn't immediately put together what that was so I don't feel like I know anything about the Batman 66 movie. The old, I mean, it's just like the old TV show. Like, it's just, oh. it's comedy. It's just Is goofy. it the same people? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. It's, all, it's Adam West. It's all the same. Oh, oh I didn't know that. It was during the run of the show. Like, it was, Got it. it was yeah. But, yeah. like, it's the thing you always see. And there's, like, there's a sequence where Batman's running around with a giant bomb. And he's just holding it over his head, running around, <laughs> trying to find somewhere to throw it. Like, it's just goofy. It's a crazy movie. Um, <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah. But no, it's got all the villains in it. The the Joker and the Penguin and oh, Calum, cool. everybody's in it. So it's it's a, it's a, but it's a crazy, you know, but it's a lot like yeah. the show. Yeah. And these were the guys who brought that together. And so Wonderful. 20th Century Fox, the year later, is like, hey, here's the creative team for Fathom. <laughs> we got them. We got this nailed down. Uh, uh, so like that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But Fathom, I don't think has lived... Uh, a great later life. This wasn't a yeah. huge hit. It doesn't look like in uh, in '67. It did outgross all of the Elvis movies. Oh for, no, because no. we did just go through that not that long ago. Uh, it opened in uh, America on August 9th. So hot summer film. Go check nice. out Fathom. Uh, it grossed about 3.3 million, which is you know in today's money that's 30 million. It's not a bad. That's right. not a bad you know uh, thing. It didn't create the franchise that I think they thought it might. But, like, as we were talking about it, like, I don't know how many Raquel Welsh movies I've really ever seen. Mm. Like, I've seen a couple from the, around that time. And then I don't know, like, her later career, she yeah. she kind of was just a celebrity. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know why I know who she is other than yeah. she's a celebrity. Like, Isn't I, she? She's in one of the, the Naked Gun movies, right? Is she? Like, as herself. Like, I think she plays, like, it's either the oh, Oscars one or Yeah, one the Oscars one. Probably the Oscars yeah. one. That makes sense. Um, so, I think as a kid, that's what I would have gone to. But even yeah. I think you just know who she is because she's a name. But, yeah. Yeah. But like, I mean, I saw not that long ago, pandemic stretch. I saw Mother Jugs and Speed, which is a, a an ambulance comedy oh with her and Bill Cosby and Harvey Jesus Keitel. Christ. Oh my God, that yeah. sounds insane. And it's it's pretty wacky, but at least she has a real part in it. Yeah, where she's she's Jugs, I believe. But no kidding. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not it's not a progressive Gross. film in yeah. any way. But um, when was it? When was that movie from? That was like seventy four, maybe. Yeah. It's after I Spy and before the Cosby Show, so yeah, it's in that stretch. And Harvey Keitel's pretty young, so I think it's yeah. like seventy four, seventy five, maybe. Yeah, but otherwise, like I've never seen Myra Breckenridge, which is like I think more of her like a big movie that she like a supposed to be like a an acting type film that she was in. Yeah, um, which was the Gore Vidal book. I've never seen I've never seen One Million Years BC, which is her big movie where she's wearing the 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 what's it called the furry bikini that yeah. whole thing that's the the poster the famous poster. Gross. Which I think he hangs up in the Shawshank Redemption, right? Doesn't he have a, a, a Raquel Welch poster at one point? Yes. The poster changes over the years. It's yeah. You remember. Yeah. Sure. No. The only other thing I had written down that I missed uh, as we were going through was back to Modesty Blaze, the, the yeah. comic strip in the book. Uh -huh. There was a novel of Modesty Blaze that came out in like 66. And that's actually the book that you see 
uh, Vincent Vega reading on the toilet when he dies in Pulp Fiction. Oh, he's reading Modesty Plays. That's so interesting. Yeah, I remember uh, the time when I saw when I was going through it. I saw the cover and I was like, oh, I know yeah. that from somewhere. And I, I noticed that that's what it was. Yeah. Uh, so, OK, the only other looking at it, because IMDb has this and I rank yeah. I rate everything I've ever seen. Oh uh, the only other movies I know I've seen with Raquel Welch are the two Three Musketeers movies from the 70s. She's sure. prominent in those. She doesn't play one of the Musketeers. Yep. But that was a movie filled with movie stars with your Michael Yorks and your Richard Chamberlains. Uh, she's in that. Um, apparently she was in Legally Blonde, which neither of us recall. <laughs> no, I've definitely seen Legally Blonde many times, but yeah. no. No, I haven't I seen it in a long recall time. That. I can't picture her and I don't know who she would be. Yeah, I don't know. And then not that long ago, I saw a, a 1972 cop film called Fuzz. Oh my God. <laughs> and it's like, a, it's a Burt Reynolds movie. It's Burt Reynolds and Tom Skerritt. And it's kind of light, but it's a cop movie. Sure. And she... But she's in it for like a couple minutes, but she's the central part of the poster. The poster for Fuzz is just <laughs> ridiculous because it's a drawn poster. Sure. She's the central figure. It's a girl in a bikini with a badge on the bikini. <laughs> and oh Burt Reynolds, like in that Playgirl thing, that like yeah. new thing, that's like drawn underneath that. <laughs> and this is the poster for Fuzz. The tagline sure. was, here comes the Fuzz. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, what else would it be? That makes total sense. Yeah. But like Yul Brenner's in it. Like that was a real movie, but yeah. I watched it because of all these stars and it was awful. So yeah. 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 That's um, all I've got Raquel Welch wise. Well, one other. So if I can take us back to Fathom for a second, mm. one interesting tidbit that I did read in, in my reading up about Fathom was that in the book, Fathom is actually six feet tall. And that's apparently why she was named Fathom, even oh. though you would have to know as a baby that she was going to be six feet tall, which makes the joke about my father wanted a son who was six feet tall, even weirder because and then Raquel Welch is like, and he was very disappointed. So she must be short. I don't know. Um, but they cast her anyway, even though she's not yeah. apparently six feet tall. Well, I'm guessing that's why they didn't just go with that for the movie, yeah. because yeah. Raquel Welch isn't six feet tall. No. But, and um, the logic is poor. Yeah. Like, you don't know. It's like naming your kid lawyer. You don't know that they're going to be a lawyer. Right. But it worked for Major Major. So it's hard to say. <laughs> but he only became a major because his name was Major Major. Yeah. yeah and then he became really prophecy. Major Major Major. <laughs> That's true. That's great. Great stuff, Fathom. Way should, to go. We, should we talk about the fact that we're recording this on a holiday? I know we. we yeah, I forgot to mention that because I, I think when we recorded hair, we said yep. this was the holiday weekend. It was. But we didn't. Uh, this actually is the holiday. The unnamed holiday, holiday, as we always do. Yes. Or, yes. or do you want to mention that this is the holiday? Well, we can say, here's what we can say, listeners. You've been uh, with us, uh, as all of you have listened to every episode, I'm sure. Sure. Um, so you know who we are and where we come from. This is a holiday that we are actively choosing not to celebrate. <laughs> I am drinking margaritas right now to be as un-American as I can possibly be. That's the holiday. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look at we don't. I, this doesn't relate to Fathom. This doesn't relate to 1967. But no. yeah, things aren't. You know, in a, in a general sense, things aren't going well. Uh, nope. in, in as far as democracy is concerned. So yeah, you know, but we we finally got a grill. We're doing some grilling this weekend. You know, I yeah. like looking at fireworks as much as anybody. I don't have any pets, so it just kind of works out for me. Fine. But yeah. you know, at the same time, I'm not. I'm not. You know, not yeah. going to any parades. I'm not going no. to go sit in the park. So nope. yeah. my uh, friends and I are often wishing our, our each other a happy PTO day. That <laughs> is just a PTO day. That yeah. doesn't. It's a know, holiday. Yeah. Don't worry about why. It's yeah. just a PTO day. We're all off of work, and that's yeah. Nice. 
but you know, hey, we got we're gonna have, have some Diet Coke floats and uh, make some more hamburgers, and we're gonna we're doing it up holiday yeah. style. It's nice. <clears throat> so, so that's regular exciting. PTO day style. <laughs> <laughs> so, what sort of an outro do you want to do? You want to sing? What's the Mexican national anthem? Do you know what is that? <laughs> I should know it if I'm gonna drink all these margaritas. Yeah. I will say, listeners, I have made some delicious cucumber jalapeno margaritas. One so far, but I'll make a second one. They're delicious. Uh, I know. I know. Canada's is O Canada. Is it O Mexico? <laughs> I don't know. I don't. What Mexico must have a national anthem, but I have no idea. I'm what sure it, is. it does. Uh, no, yeah. I don't think it's O Mexico. <laughs> It just feels like something we should know. Like for every country, it's O in that country. Yeah, right. They should all be that. Oh, Sweden. You know, oh, Netherlands. Oh, Guatemala. Oh, Netherlands. <laughs> Land of tulips and things. Right? You got those wooden shoes. Is that the Netherlands? I don't know. Now we're just making stuff up. They're called clogs too. Oh, Netherlands. Enjoy your windmills now. Don't they have prostitution there? Legal <laughs> <What>? prostitution. <laughs> the drugs are on the street. You're thinking of Amsterdam. Is that in the Netherlands? Is that isn't that like a James Taylor song? Oh, Mexico. Is that it? No. I mean, is that a the, thing? the state song of Oklahoma is the Oklahoma song from the musical. So it's possible, right? Okay, but that's not oh Oklahoma. That's oh, just Oklahoma. <laughs> Oklahoma. <laughs> Yeah. That's oh my what god! It is. They should have called it Oh Oklahoma. That was a mistake. They okay. should have. Yeah. Yeah. Last episode, we were just talking about Oh Calcutta, and and, and it's a musical. That's uh, right. The Fallen yeah. Hair, and that's Oh. I think that's the national anthem of India. Isn't Calcutta a city? It's not yeah. even a city anymore, right? Oh, is Calcutta not exist anymore? Oh my oh, god! We it's like Saint not. Petersburg. Are we just saying things we don't know now? We should not have a podcast. Good. Why god. did we start getting down the road of just stuff we don't know? Listeners, look, everybody got dumber in the pandemic. Don't you judge us? So dumb now. There's a lot that we know. We should play Trivial Pursuit right now. I'd like to point out there was a, we played. Remember we were playing that trivia game. Oh god, I don't remember what game it was. We were playing with like your friends from work. Oh, was it um, uh, Poppycock? Poppycock, yeah. And it came up, I got the question, like, how many countries in Africa begin with some letter? And I was confident because I was like, I do like these quizzes and like, I yeah. think I know this confident. And I was like, one. And the girl next to me was literally like, are you crazy? It's like six. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so dumb now. Like, what happened to me? <laughs> like, uh, Joe, who knows a lot of things. I thought I knew, like, I was confident. I was like, oh, yeah. I can only think of this one. Got it. Yeah. No, yeah. I was 100%. I was so wrong. It's not even funny. Like, <laughs> God. Do you remember what letter it was? I think that would be funnier if we could name oh, a letter, God. but I, I don't was, remember. I think it was G, oh. but I can't think. I think I could think of Ghana, and that was it. And I was like Ghana, and then I'm th I'm trying to think of Africa, thinking of countries, but I realized that like I'm bad on most of Africa. Yeah, <laughs> but I thought I knew because I was like, oh, I don't know. I think that Gambia's I think it was Gambia is in Africa, isn't it? Gambia. Yes. Yeah, I think it's yeah. the Gambia. I think Guinea Bissau is like there's. Oh. Uh, then I went and looked. Like there, I think, but Guyana is in South America, right? Yeah, I don't know. But there's a whole bunch. There's a bunch. Yeah. Bad. Real bad. Not one. Yeah. Gabon. That's in oh, Africa. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So no, I did bad. Ghana was the only thing I could think of and was like strong. And I was like, maybe yeah. there's two. But to, to be fair, the girl sitting sitting next to you is getting her PhD in like Egyptian studies. So I feel like that's an unfair competitor. Yeah. I mean, that's fair, but no, I mean, that's not even the point. The point is how yeah. off I was, you know, I don't, I'm not blaming her for calling me out for being a doofus. <laughs> like, <laughs> clearly I was, it was my confidence that I was so upset about. I was about. trying to help you out, man. <laughs> no, nah, that's, I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, do you want to name all the countries in Africa that you can think oh, of? Oh, no. Is that your outro? 
I can picture like taking a, a, a test in seventh grade social studies where I had to fill in a, an a, a map of Africa with all the countries. And I knew I knew it. I think I got a hundred on that test. I knew that at one point. Oh, that was when I was in like seventh grade. You could do it right now. Do it for, the, for the people. I could not. No. Oh, no. You knew you could not only name them, but you knew where they were. I did the map of Africa. I could put every country. I had to. So yeah, it's a test. I you give me a test, I will study for that test. <laughs> That's how I am. <laughs> the hallmark of being you. Yeah, yeah, I will prepare for that test. Maybe for the book club this year, we should try to do a girl named Fathom. It's clearly nothing <laughs> like this movie, <laughs> so it's not even the same plot. That's this other draft that he threw away afterwards. Oh, so, shit. do we have to do a 1967 book club? We should. We do should. That. I actually have some things I found that are like short, and I think we yeah. could do. But yeah, that was we, fun I, when we did it for 1994. Yes, everyone's favorite episode. The, <laughs> Danielle Steele episode from season one. Well, okay, we um, need a different structure because every time we got on, we just said the same things about the plot over and over again. Yeah. So I think we just need bad. a short book and we do one episode. Yeah, yeah. We tried okay. to record that one in pieces and that was a yeah. mistake. Yeah, and a bad pun. Uh, okay, we got to wrap up. This, yeah. is, this is getting out of hand. Sorry, listeners. What do you got for the outro? Ooh, do you want to just name countries and then we'll see if we can guess whether they're in Africa or not? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'll start. Ready? Uh, yeah. Canada. Uh, no. Correct. Oh, go good. Is that how we're doing this? Yeah, just like that. Oh. Uruguay. No. Oh, correct. Nailed it. It's the worst outro ever. This is a terrible outro. Um, <laughs> uh, South Africa. Ooh, uh, uh, yes. Correct. <laughs> Very good. Ooh, uh, North Africa. <laughs> That's not a country. Ah, correct. <laughs> I do listen to a sleep story that is about a trek through Lesotho. Lesotho. Ooh, Lesotho, yeah. That's Which in is, Africa. It is. Yeah. Uh, I've been to Africa. Name that country. South Africa. <laughs> <laughs> a different part of Africa. <laughs> oh, that's right. You were in um, Morocco? I was. I was in Morocco. Oh, very like good. Day. <laughs> <laughs> you were also in South Africa, though. I was. I forgot about that. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, great job. Well, this has gone really well. Can we can we stop? This is terrible. <laughs> this this is nothing. No one people have already turned this off. One hundred percent. Oh God! All right. Well, thanks for hanging in this long. It was great. This has been. It happened one year. Please enjoy your social media and maybe take a look at us. We're there too. Give us a rating. Say hi. Thanks. At one Summer. point, they show a thermometer on his boat, and it's not a thermometer. Uh, what is it? It tells the temperature. A thermometer? Thermometer? Is that what it's called? Why oh my god, I'm trusting you. I'm thinking of a thermometer as a thing that goes in your mouth. The thing that's like, tells you the temperature outside. I think that's still a thermometer. Really? <laughs> I feel like there should be a other, another name for it for some reason. I could be wrong. Like now you're, I'm wondering if you're gaslighting me and I'm like. No, what is it? Like there's like, I'm going to look at the, tell the temperature outside. I look at the, the thermometer? That can't be right. <laughs> oh no, you're going to leave this in our two. Oh, what am I thinking here. of? Um, is that not it? I think it's a thermometer. <laughs> oh my God, I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to cut some of this, but. because no, people are you're going like, to leave. What are you talking about? You're going to leave all of this in. Because if it's thermometer. You're leaving all this in. Oh, my God. I guess I'll look it up. I don't know why. It just seems like it should have a different name. I yeah, think of a thermometer as a thing that goes in your mouth. Yeah. We should not. What's we a should thermometer? not have a podcast. <laughs> you couldn't come up with the word thermometer. Though. Is it a thermometer, though? <laughs> I don't know what it is.
I'm, now I'm questioning myself, even though I was pretty sure it's a thermometer. We shouldn't get back into this. Let's let it go. Yeah. You, you just stare because you don't know, and you just you shut down and you just stare. Because I can't, I can't think of it. Yeah. That and the Mexican national anthem. I can't think what that is. Uh, uh, we'll call it the uh, outdoor temperature gauge and uh, Oh Mexico. Oh Mexico. Yeah. The thermometer? That can't be right. <laughs>